great eternal God. Hear the cry of your children this morning, Lord. We bless you and we love you and we need you. And oh, Lord, I praise your great and mighty and holy name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank God. You have a Bible this morning. I'd like to turn your attention to the book of 2 Timothy. If you have trouble finding that, go to Revelation and work your way back a little bit. Books are small and short, and it won't take you long. You'll come upon 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Good to see each and every one of you here this morning. And we appreciate you. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. I'm sorry, ladies, but that includes you too. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Everybody said, praise the Lord. All right, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. I'm going to uh, work on all out for Christ. All out for Christ. Or if you like it a little more complete, all out for Jesus Christ. Nothing wrong with that. Certainly very right about that. I uh, would like to read you everything again, only in a different translation, in an attempt to make it a little bit more understandable. Obviously, there's a lot of words... Uh, that are used here that aren't common vocabulary for us, everyday vocabulary. So let me see if I can start out this way. Don't be naive. Now, naive means to really just to be dishonest. Don't, don't be dishonest. Don't, don't um, cover your ears and shut your eyes and Shut your mind down and go into denial. Don't take a great big leap into the river of denial. Okay? Uh, don't be naive. Don't be naive. Be, be honest about what you see about you. Be honest about the type of environment, characteristics. Uh, I'm going to read, when I read this to you, think of it 
like if you were dealing with sickness or possibilities. Wonder what's wrong here. Well, we've got sniffles. We've got fever. Okay. We've got nausea or upset stomach. Those are symptoms of something, some type of onset of sickness, kind of fluish in nature. And, you know, we don't usually ignore that. Uh, usually gets our attention, doesn't it? Especially if it ramps it up a little bit and you find yourself making a beeline for the restroom. Symptoms. Symptoms. So listen, don't be, you don't, you're, not, you're not going to be dishonest about that. Ooh, I don't, I don't feel good. <laughs> and you're going you're gonna to look for something, all right, to help you get over whatever it is that's getting all over you. So don't be naive. These are difficult times ahead. And the, as the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed. Simple explanation. It's all about me, right? It's all about me. There's a lady that started a multi-million dollar business, and her initials are M-E, and she got the bright idea to go with the Slogan, it's all about me, as she produced shoes and purses and dresses or whatever, okay, and, and whatever. So, but unfortunately, people have taken that, picked that right up, self-absorbed, all about me. Money-hungry, self-promoting, you know, I really don't care that I, I don't know why anybody would care you know what what people are doing every minute of the day and what they're eating and you know all these different things that people just find every kind of excuse to take a selfie and transmit it somewhere you know all right so money hungry self Promoting, stuck up, profane. Profane, in a word, means disrespectful. Disrespectful. And I think we've been covering the last few Sundays about a culture of disrespect. Disrespectful, profane. Contemptuous of parents. Crude, treacherous. No, crude, coarse, coarse. Not smooth, coarse, rough. Dog eat dog. Unbending. Slanderers. Impulsively wild. Savage. Cynical. Treacherous. Ruthless. I like this one. Bloated. Windbags. 
I get them right down to where you can understand it, don't it? All right. Addicted to lust, allergic to God. They make a show of religion, but behind the scenes. So once again, that often spoke to you about the pizza parlor in the front and the bookie joint in the back or the behind the scenes. Yeah. So they make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals. Stay clear of this spirit and of these people. These are the kind of people who smooth talk themselves into the homes of the unstable and needy and take advantage of them. They, they get exploited every time, these people, and they never really learn. In other words, they make the same mistake over and over and over again. He said, these men or people are like those old Egyptian frauds by the names of James and Jambres who challenged Moses. They were rejects from the faith, twisted in their thinking, defying truth itself. But nothing will come of these latest imposters. Everyone will see through them. Oh, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. Don't be naive. Don't, don't be dishonest about what you see and, and, you know, what you're experiencing. Sniffles, runny nose, fever, you know, not feeling my best. Every little thing is bothering me. Mm -hmm. So, listen close. These were rejects from the faith, or they were rejects from the faith, twisted in their thinking, defying truth itself. But nothing will come of these latest imposters. Everyone will see through them, just as people saw through that Egyptian hope. And that's the truth. Eventually, even the devil. Now, we are fortunate in that Luke 24 and 45, the Lord opened our understanding that we might understand the Scripture. That, in other words, things that have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. As he said, I'll open my mouth in dark sayings. And I'll make known things that are were kept secret from before the foundation of the world. And that you begin to understand the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You begin to, number one, you get born again. When you get baptized in Jesus' name, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You get the mind of Christ. You begin to see things differently. You begin to see things from God's point of view, not from the flesh's point of view. If, if, you're, uh, if you're going to be opinionated, you know, that's just flesh. 
And uh, I, I, we all need what the way God sees it. We all are in need of crawling into God's mind and looking out through his eyes. How does God see us? And that he would give us the mind of Christ and that we would have honesty, truthfulness, that we would really see things for how they are, that it wouldn't be a delusion. Remember, because they received not the love of the truth, that God would send a strong delusion that they might believe a lie and be damned who received not the love of the truth. So receiving the love of the truth when you're born again and maintaining, as we've said, getting born again is what saves you and Romans through Revelation is what keeps you safe. And, uh, it's easy. Uh, actually, I won't say it's easy, but it's, it's um, having put forth the effort to get in shape, then we have to continue to put forth an effort to stay in shape. To stay in shape. Spiritual shape I'm talking to you about. Okay? Spiritual shape. And uh, we're, we're so blessed. Out of billions of people, soon to be 11 billion people, that we have the knowledge of the truth, that we have been given the insight to the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This morning, I uh, ran up to the radio over an hour early because I, I've been monitoring as others, and I know that the station has continued on, and uh, I also got a hold of somebody connected with it, who has been connected with it, and uh, the individual told me, yeah, go on down there, you know, later on in the week, and he said, uh, I, I think you'll get to be on, I said, okay, so I got to thinking on it, I said, you know, if nobody's there, I won't get to be on, because I go on live, so somebody's got to be in there and have the door open and have the board going and everything up and running. Otherwise, it's just remote. They run things by remote. So I ran down there early, and the woman was there. Her name is Dawn. And she was there. And um, she said, uh, she said I, I got your card. She said, I was going to call you. And I'm like, okay. So you're going to call me at 914? <laughs> you know. And, uh, so anyway, there was a lady there that also uh, goes somewhere, and she was going to speak live. And uh, so she introduced me, and, and the woman said, well, she said, oh, I love your voice. Well, there are people in town that know my voice, but they don't know what I look like. They don't, they don't know me. They've never met me. And it's funny sometimes when they get to put the voice with the, with the face, you know. Then they run away. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, so anyway, uh, I shook her hand, and, and um, I said, uh, she had her Bible, and she was flipping through it. I said, turn to Acts 2.38 and preach that. And she very naively, dishonestly, ignored what I said <laughs> and uh, went on, you know, to do her thing. And, uh, but, you know, we've got to uh, 
thank God once again, and we should, that he opened our understanding that we have been blessed above many people and peoples to know God's mind about salvation and truth. There are many, many blind people. Their minds have been blinded just like yours once was. And, uh, but God who is rich in mercy and the great love wherewith he loved us, he pulled us out of the fire. He opened our understanding. He showed us the truth. And he brought us into the body of Christ through the born-again experience. And consequently, we repented of our sins, and we got baptized in Jesus' name, and we were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. But that's the, that's the starting of the race. That's the shooting of the starter's gun. Now, now we've got to run this race that is set before us. Okay? We've got to run this race. We've got to stay saved. All right? And we're, we're so to speak, in shape, or we're born again, we're in the body of Christ. Now we've got to stay in shape. So we've got to strive, and that's a Bible word, in the positive sense. We've got to strive to live all out for Jesus Christ. Not you know, on, on um, lawnmowers sometimes, they have little symbols. And up where it's full speed ahead is the rabbit. And down at the other end, where you're not moving at all, is the picture of the turtle. So... We want to live, we're striving to live all out. I tell our young men from time to time when they, and uh, very kind to, you know, volunteer their energy and their efforts and they'll, they'll mow the lawn. But I have to tell them, by the way, that's a lawnmower, not a go-kart. Okay. But you know what? You can be a go-kart for Jesus. You can, you can, we can live and strive to live all out for Jesus. We can, we can strive to focus our time or manage our time and focus our mind and our attention on the things of God. I had somebody, I want to say within the last year, that told me that they were offered, being offered a position a promotion, and they said, but I need you to pray because I'm, I don't want anything to affect my church going or my marriage and not even more money. I don't want, I don't want to choose more money over those things. And I said, well, that's certainly what we need to pray about. And the person wound up not taking the position just because of those reasons, which was a very spiritual and correct position to take. 
that they, they said, I'm going to put God and my family first. Put the things that really matter first. And um, talking to you about symptoms here that you got to start picking up what's happening to me. Oh, I, I, I'm getting a runny nose. Uh, I'm getting a fever. I'm, I'm developing a little cough. Uh, my stomach is queasy. Uh, I have go from fever to chills and chills back to fever. These are symptoms, symptoms. And that's what the writer is saying here. You know, you get honest with yourself and say, well, you know, I'm trying to push through it. Sure, that's right. We're going to try to push through the negative and the sickness. And uh, it's the same thing here. We have to be honest about We can't ignore. We can't uh, deny that this is happening. And the writer is saying we're living in difficult times. And the, as the end approaches, he said people are going to be symptoms. People are going to be self-absorbed. They're going to be money-hungry. They're going to be self-promoting. They're going to be stuck up. They're going to be disrespectful. They're going to be contemptuous of parents. They're going to be crude and coarse and dog-eat-dog. They're going to be unbending. There'll be no give. There'll be no compromise. They're going to be very selfish, in other words. Slanderers. They, they won't mind speaking disrespectfully and harshly. They're going to be impulsively wild. Impulsively. They're just, you know, going to just do it. Wham. They're going to be savage and cynical. They're, not going, to, they're going to be so cynical, they're not going to believe anything about God. You know? They'll be very cynical. And uh, they're going to be treacherous and ruthless. They're going to be bloated windbags. Hmm. They're going to be addicted to lust and allergic to God. And they'll become very skillful at putting on a show. Putting on a show. So it won't in other words, they'll be very insincere. But you and I, we're striving to be all out for Jesus Christ. We're trying to run up the acceleration. I used to fly, and when you got cleared to take off, and you're going down that runway, you're pushing in that accelerator. And you'd push it all the way in, because you had to get to a certain speed to where lift would begin to have its good effect, and you're pulling back, and the nose is coming up, and the wheel, nose wheel is leaving the ground, and pretty soon all three wheels are off the ground, and you're off the ground, and that's one of your most uh, dangerous times is takeoffs and landings. And uh, so you, you wouldn't suddenly, and I was one time, uh, I liken it for you that live in this area, so let me say, be like being, you know, less than 800 feet above State Road 7 or Southern Boulevard, and suddenly your 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 engine just quit. Well, what happens is your nose goes whoop right down. <laughs> you have no you have no power. You have no lift. 
And that's what the writer said here. He said they, they do not have this power of God. They deny it. They deny it. Let me read it again to you from chapter 3 and verse 5. Having a form of God. Now, you've got to look past form, church family. You've got you've to discern here. You've got to get the reality of things. Having a form of godliness, a show of godliness, but denying the power denying the authority. Do you know that the very thing that we need is the very thing that we resist the most? And that is authority. But I'm going to tell you right now, the devil, that's the only thing he respects. That's the only thing that casts him out. That's the only thing that sends him down the road. The authority that's contained in resisting the devil that makes him flee. The authority that's in the name, the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ is what makes him tremble. And he knows there's just one God, and he knows his name. And the Bible teaches he trembles at that. He trembles at So, we want to go all out for Jesus. You know, one guy, he, uh, there was a war going on, and you know, we are in a war. It's the war for your soul. War for your soul. And uh, the enemy is warring. And the Bible talks about him that warreth a good warfare. Going all out. You're in this. You're not partially, and you're not doing the hokey pokey, you know. I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. You're not doing that. But you're committed to this. And uh, when you are trying to go, making an attempt, striving, putting an effort forth to, to go all out uh, for Jesus, when you're, when you're in the mindset and the mode, well, there was a guy, there was a war on, and there was a guy that um, the, the uh, general said, we've got to send a message to the king. David was the king. We've got to send him a message. Everybody said, praise the Lord. When your mind's back, stay with me. Said, uh, we've got to send a message to the king. And so one guy stood up. He volunteered. He said, I'll, I'll run. So the general gave the, the volunteer, gave him a message. And he said, I need you to run and take this to the king. So this guy takes off. He's gone. Next thing we know, we got another guy. He says, I want to run. King says, why are you going to run? You don't have a message. Oh, I want to run. So, the general didn't have any time. He just said, go ahead, run. Whatever. I got things to do. So, he takes off running. But he don't have a message. Now, the message 
represents something purposeful and something valuable, something that can be lost. And so the guy running with a message, he's got to be careful. He's got to be careful because there's, there's rivers, there's Burmese pythons, there's all kinds of things out there. There's enemies. And knowing that he has a message, stand up, please. Knowing that he has a message that's like transmitted all over the place. I got the message. I got the message. So the enemy is coming out of everywhere. They want to stop the guy with the message. But this dude, is, he's just lollygagging around. He's just having a lot of fun. You know, he ain't all out. He don't have no message. He's got nothing to lose, nothing valuable. You know? So the enemy don't care about him. You get, you get a free pass. Go, run. All the snakes hide. All the rivers get smooth. You know, everything's in harmony. No problem for the guy that. Doesn't have a message. There's nothing there that the enemy wants. But boy, if I can stop that guy with a message. Now, for all you macho guys, I guess we would call it macho. I don't call it carnal. But anyway, uh, but it is a learning, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, it's like the guy with the football. I'm pretty sure they want to get the guy with the football. The guy don't have the football, they don't care about him. No problem about that dude. They don't have to worry about him crossing the, the goal line. He don't have the football. You know, can you imagine a guy running across the goal line, dancing all on the goal line, and, and all over the place, and he wants to spike the ball, but he don't have the ball to spike. <laughs> you know, they want the guy with the football. Well, I'm telling you, now please translate that into something that matters. They want the guy with the message. They want the people with the message. I want to stop that guy. Do you know one of the most infamous plays in football that even the women know about and laugh about? And I hope I'm not wrong about the name, but I think he might have had a little church background because I think his name was Deacon Jones. And, uh, I believe he's the guy that scored a touchdown for the other team because he picked up a fumble and ran the wrong way. Instead of running across his goal line, or their goal line, I guess, he went the wrong way and everybody's screaming, stop, stop, stop. Now this guy's like six foot six, you know, and rumbling down the road at about 275 pounds. There ain't just much of anything going to stop him because he's thrilled. I got the football. I'm a defensive, I got no football, I'm going to score a touchdown. And he did, for the other team. <laughs> for the other team. Well, I'm trying to say, we got the truth. And we don't need to go the wrong way and score for the devil. We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. And, oh, he'll let you do that. He'll let you run the wrong way. He'll let you go to the bars. He'll let you go to the sports arenas. He'll let you be in the wrong environment, hanging out with the wrong people. He'll let you 
become a vegetable in front of the television and at the movie theater and with the videos? No, yeah, he'll let you do that. He'll help you with that. He'll feed you that. Yes, he will. He'll turn you, he'll dumb you down real good. And here you are called to have the message of eternal life, the message that has been kept secret since the foundation of the world. But many wise men, many righteous men and women wanted to know, but it wasn't for them. It was kept for you in the time in which you live, in this dispensation. Think about it. Something that was kept, something that was preserved, something that was protected. And it was given to you. And you got to think about that individually. And so this guy, this guy, he don't have no message. So he's feeling light. He's feeling no burden. So he gets there first. He gets there first. And so, so the king says, what's the message? He says, I don't have no message. I don't have a message. Stand aside. You're no good. You have no value. You don't have the message. Somebody says, how do I get saved? And you're like, I don't know. What should I do? I'm sick. I'm dying. What should I do? I just run. I just run. I just go through the motions. I just say things. I just, I just run. King says, stand aside. And, uh, you know, after a while, after a while, the, the guy with the message comes in. You know, he's he's looking a little worse for wear. <laughs> he's had to fight his way through a lot of things. He's had to fight pride. He's had to fight rebellion. He's had to fight disobedience. He's had to fight these symptoms that we read to you to be like everybody else. I mean, don't you want to be a bloated windbag? Isn't that one of the goals of your life? Yeah. All kinds of things that the guy with the message has to fight off. You know, pride. Rebellion, disobedience. You know, you could call it a Burmese python to give it another name. You know? The guy with the message has an enemy. The guy with the message is in the crosshairs of the scope of the enemy. You're the one. You're the one that the devil wants. The ones that are in subjection. The ones that are obedient. The ones that are in rank and harmony. The ones that are going all out for Jesus Christ. 
They're not just playing games. They're not just lollygagging around. They're not just going through the motions, and it's just a game of religion to them. Uh, not the ones that are going all out. They've got the message. They've got the message. They've got the truth. They're not resisting truth. They're embracing truth. They're loving truth. And they know that there's some self-denial if I'm going to carry the message and get there with the message intact that I'm not, I'm not going to let it erosion hit me and lose a little piece of the message along the way. I got a, I got a lesson coming up for you. I'm going to get, I'm going to get two mannequins. And I'm going to show you what we look like and what we're going to look like if we don't guard what Jesus Christ has entrusted us with. This message. This message. I hope and pray, church family, that we can see a little bit down the road here and envision where things are going, what's happening. That it's, we've got to fight against selfishness just to be so self-absorbed, just to, and these things are connected, all these symptoms are connected. You know, I, find my, I find that there's a characteristic, there's a symptom also of being a lover of pleasure. That's fleshly pleasure, more than a love of God. That I, I'd, rather, I'd rather stay home and, and watch the ball game. I'd rather stay home and watch the novellas. I'd rather watch the soap operas than be in church. Of course, I know that somebody's going to tell me, well, you know, I can, I can have church live streaming. Yeah, and you can be dead. <laughs> Just dead. You have no life about you. You have no worship about you. You have no prayer life about you. You just have live streaming. That's all you got. I told you. I saw that years ago when they pulled into the drive-in theater that some guy was trying to turn it into a church. Blink your lights when you're saved. Yeah. Now it's now it's um it is funny. It is funny. How how ridiculous is that? Well, now you just click. Just click. You, know, you could send them a message that click. You know, I'm saved. Click here. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, the enemy, your enemy, has always. From the beginning, because the Bible said there was no truth in him from the beginning. He has always tried to put in a substitute for God. You hear me? He doesn't want God in the picture. He doesn't want God in your life or anybody else's life. He wants you to don't have a move of God. Have a program. Have a program. Take out the spiritual and replace it 
was something natural. Somebody recently made this statement, said if you, in dealing with young people, and they don't want to do something, you're going to love this, they don't want to do something, said, you can't tell them what to do because naturally they're just going to rebel. And you know that's right. But we're not dealing with the natural, are we? I never read that the fruit of the Spirit, one of them anyway, was rebellion, or any of them was rebellion. <laughs> you're, you're right. You know, I remember when I came to the church, and, and I, I, it was all brand new to me. And uh, I, I was told to repent, so I, I felt like I did. And so I went to the pastor and I, after church, and I said, Brother Dunn, said, I, I, um, I'm ready to be baptized. And he said, well, you need to repent. Well, see, naturally, I would have said, I've already repented. But you see, there already was a good effect going on from reading that word of God and being in those hand-lifting services where they praised God, where they got into it. You know, some people only raise their hand just enough to get the first knuckle up their nostril. <laughs> That's about as far as they get with that. You know. And uh, there was already a good effect going on, a good spiritual effect going on in my life. So much so that months later, standing up in testimony, Senior Sith Feld told how that she came to church the second time. There was a gap between the first and the second time because she figured it was just a fad. I was just going through the motions. I was just running to run. But when she began to see the good change, the good effect, that I wasn't the same old me, but that there actually was a change for the good. A lot of, some things were practical things, and some things were a couple steps above that. And she saw these things. She experienced these things. And so when I said, you want to go to church with me tonight? You know, because I've been going every time, every service. So, you know, that was five times a week, five services. And uh, she said, okay. And she came. You know, it's, it's the life you live. It's living the life. Living the life. Living the life. And, and you know, when she started coming to church, then I started seeing good changes in her. You know? Spiritual. If we're talking natural, well, yeah, then I, I, of course I expect the natural nature to rebel when you try to get it to do right. But I don't expect it to rebel 
not successfully when I'm in, operating in the Spirit, when I've got a, a born-again experience in my life, you know, when I'm helping a child by myself, leading into a spiritual environment. There's some environments, some things we don't do because of the environment. Okay? And we've often said, if there's a, a right way to do it, then more than likely we'll do it. We'll give the green light and be okay. But if there's no right way to do it, then we have to abstain. We would rather just say no and not have anything to do with it. Because we've got a message. And we don't want to see that message get eroded. We've got to get that message to the next generation. We've got to get it in the hands of those that can get it and take it and run with it and take it to the next. So it's as it's written, to your children and to their children, and it just keeps perpetuating, keeps going on. You know, I don't want, you know, you don't want your children to not resemble that they're in the church when they get older as they get older. And then they'll get married and they'll have children. And then you have to be concerned. Will they communicate to their children? Will they have run this race in such a manner, you know, that they'll get through all of the obstacles and all the different things that are constantly coming against them to tear them down, to compromise them. Will they get through and give it to the next generation, which will be your grandchildren? And if you're like Brother Colbert, it'll be your great-grandchildren and then your great-great-grandchildren, and then your great-great-great-grandchildren. <laughs> and he told me today, he said, I, my, my truck was loaded today. I said, well, that's good. Just keep loading it up. Keep bringing them. Keep bringing them. Thank God for that. All right. Everybody said praise the Lord. So we want to, no wonder the book said in running this race that is set before us. It said, lay aside every weight. Every weight. Every weight. Now we're going to have a little fun. Come on, stand up. Come on, Brian. So we're going along and we're going to run, and this guy gloms on to you. That's 345 pounds right there, pal. Okay? And you're trying to run. I don't, I, this is unknown, <laughs> very solid. But that's hanging on to you now. And you're trying to run. You're trying to run. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside every weight. Come here. You can be the sin. 
Grab on there, pal. Lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily surround you. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. We going over here. You going? You be seated, all of you. Thank you. That's what it says. There are weights. There are things that come to shackle and to weight you down. I remember as a young man, I was probably about 12 or 13, and one of my buddies called and he said, I've got some weights. He said, I don't, I'm going to get a new set. I don't want these anymore. You want them? I said, yeah. So I run over his house, you know, and grab the weights. I didn't go too far, but what? Pretty heavy. I got over to his house a lot faster than I got back to my house. The difference being the weights, you know. And uh, no wonder the Bible said lay aside every weight. You let this in your life, and you let that in your life, and you let the other thing in your life. Tell you about a couple that I know. And I loved them dearly in our church. And they they had two children. And in the church, God had blessed them. He went up the ladder at his job. And uh, and I mean he was ascending very quickly. But you know, they have these things with some of these jobs that, hey, we got free tickets. You want them? Well, you know, once they say free, that usually gets our attention. Especially when it's free tickets to Disney World or some other theme park. But if I remember right back in that early inception in that time it was Disney Disney World. And uh they got to go on a Disney World. Well you know you work Monday through Friday and you commute to your job. So and then you know at night you're usually in some kind of church activity. So that leaves the weekend. And they got to go on with the free tickets, just about every weekend. Oh, get the motel. Well, the motel's got the television in it. You can watch television, but the motel's got television. And then, of course, that advances, and it became, you know, movies on demand. So you didn't only have television, but you had movies. And then, of course, from there, that has grown. And you know what? What do you think happened? What do you think happened to the message? Became what message? Yeah, lost, right? I lost the message. Pretty soon, they, they weren't coming to church. And they're the little girl, you know? She started off by getting money to put in the little machine and turn the little handle and, and get the plastic jewelry ring. Right? But they're just plastic. 
But you know what? The message got so lost that the little boy coming up, he didn't know anything about the church. Nothing. Nothing. Very nice young boy. Had a lot of natural ability about him. Good mind. But he didn't know a thing about the church. Not a clue. Pretty soon he was five. Pretty soon he was eight. Then he was a teenager. Then he came. He don't know nothing about it. everything with him. He's a, he's a regular Cain or a, a Esau, you know. Just nothing about God. Doesn't know anything about God. You know what happened there? What you think happened there? They got divorced. Oh, yeah. They got divorced. Yeah. Yeah, it became things like, um, here, honey, here's $5,000. Go play on the computer with the stock market. It wasn't about being involved with church. It wasn't involved with anything with God, the work of God. It became weights of worldly things. And now they're divorced. Yeah. Yeah. And then the daughter has been divorced. Oh, and the boy. The boy. I think he was married about two months. And they got divorced. Got tired of being married. That was the quote. Tired. Of being married. Two months. Thereabouts. Plus or minus. Now I have put no names to this. And don't need to because the symptoms are only all too common. All too common. We got a race to run. We got a race to run. We've got to stay in shape. We've got to stay in spiritual shape. We've got to fight to stay in shape. Yes, we do. Because do you know that one of the characteristics, even of an 18-foot Burmese python, one of the characteristics is that it's able be so still. It just blends in with its environment. So you don't see it and you don't notice it. So what did the scientists do? That study that I believe was Duke University that started up a program because we have such a problem in the Everglades. And I know you could, people will say, ah, down in the Everglades, who cares? Who cares? Well, they're not saying that in Naples anymore. You know, Naples is kind of ritzy. It's kind of Palm Beachy, or fancies itself that. Yeah. And uh, so the 
the researchers started a program, I believe it was at Duke University, and I guess that's North Carolina. And they, um, what they wound up, what they discovered, they trained a certain dog, type of dog, and they, the dog is able to smell the Burmese python. And uh, they've also been able to teach the dog and train it not to get in the zone of danger. It can only approach so close. It can point out, it can warn the hunter, but it only goes so close. Now, if they can teach a dog, what about us? We got something a whole lot worse than a Burmese python, if you can believe that. Okay? We have what the Bible calls that old serpent, the devil. And brother, he can blend in with the environment. And he can pass himself off behind the scenes, you know, as harmless until he coils around you and begins to squeeze the life out of you, the, the life that is to be eternal life. But you know what? He got told to stand aside. You got no message. You can't help anybody without the message. Like I told the lady this morning, why don't you turn, you're flipping in your Bible, turn to Acts 2.38 and preach that. You know, I might as well have been talking to the wall. But the guy with the message, when he arrived, and the king said, okay, give me the message. My friend, he had something of value. He had something that could save people, deliver people. What the Bible say in one place? They think for their much speaking. You ever read that? They think. You did. If you read your Bible, you did, whether you remember or not. <laughs> they did. That's the good part about it. if you've read your Bible through and they say, you ever read something? You can say, yeah, I read it. <laughs> I could just remember Get the memory to work here, you know. Uh, I called somebody the other day, and I said, I want to test your, your total recall. And I said, 16 years ago, and they said, oh, brother. <laughs> you can tell me 16 seconds ago, and I'm old brother sometimes, from room to room, right? Why did I come in this room anyway? You know, I know you're laughing because you have the same experience. Well, all it means to me, all it means is you're a fast thinker. Because you thought of something and you were headed to that room, but in those next 10 steps, you thought of a thousand more things. How's that for rationalization? Pretty good, huh? <laughs> All right. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Come on, Sister Wayne. Help me to quit. Help me to finish. Help me to wind up. <laughs> so I'm simply saying the guy with the message, the guy with the message is the valuable guy. He's the important guy. He's the guy that brings salvation. 
He's the guy that can get you out of the mess you're in. He's the guy that can smell and discern the serpent. You got to see the devil in the different things. But if you become a lover of pleasures, more than lover of God, then you're going to miss. You're going you're to be lacking in discernment. And you're going to wind up, instead of being wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in Jesus, you're going to be wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in the serpent. And there will be very, very, very negative consequences in this life and then most especially in the life to come. So what do you say that we go all out for Jesus? All out for Jesus. You know, when it spoke of these ancient Egyptians that withstood Moses or the preacher, he said, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. I like verse 9, though. But they shall proceed no further. Stand aside. They shall proceed no further for their folly. Everybody looked at that guy like he was a nut. You ran all that way for nothing? You got nothing to deliver? You got nothing to give? I don't mean to make you feel bad, audience. Okay. But, uh, you know, said so they'll proceed no further. And their folly, their stupidity, shall be manifest unto all, even as Janus and Jambres, those ancient Egyptians were, shown to be so foolish. Oh, you can, you know, you, you can leave tread marks all over me. You can throw me under the bus. <laughs> you can kick me to the curb. Okay, okay. You'll have your say. You'll do your thing. Mm -hmm. But after a while, we've had them stand. I had a guy stand up right over here. And oh, yeah, he, he felt like he could do all the things he liked to do, whether it was fish. I'm not against fishing, but I'm just telling you, you know, if you make a circle, and you give, so, and that's your life, and you give so much percentage to the fishing, and then so much percentage to the hunting, and then so much percentage to the softball, and then so much percentage to the golf. Pretty soon ain't nothing left for God. <laughs> the whole circle of life is committed somewhere else. So we got to strive. We got to strive. We have to strive. We've got to fight hard. We got to get through the swamp. We've got to get across the rivers. We've got to fight off the serpents and a lot of other things, the temptations of the flesh. We got to we got to remember our responsibility which seems to be something that <laughs> we're not real keen about, you know. We're not real keen about that. 
but we do have responsibility for people. So let's, what do you say we refocus? What do you say we identify our enemy and we tell them, I'm going all out for Jesus. I'm not. You know, I'm telling you. Stand up, stand up. Look at one another. Now, this guy looking at him saying, he ain't got nothing. But this guy, he's in the lead. But he ain't got nothing. And you know he's got nothing. And he knows he's got nothing. But he's in the lead. We should. You know, did you have you ever seen and heard people that are doing all kinds of things in the name of Jesus? And they got nothing. They have no truth. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. And here you are. Here you are. And you could sing the old song. I got it. I got it. <laughs> well, now that I sang it, we won't want to sing it anymore, will we? <laughs> but uh, it's true. We've, we've got it. But we've got to strive to do something with it, the right thing with it. Okay? We've got to. We have an enemy. We have an opposing force that does not want us to get out of rabbit and get up there, or get out of turtle and get up there to rabbit. You know? I was talking to somebody this morning. They said they, they get up at 9 o'clock, and they didn't get here till 10.30. I said, oh, we're going to call you the turtle, la tortuga. <laughs> My goodness. I said, by the way, what would happen if you... Uh, Came into work an hour and a half late. Nothing. I said, yeah, right. Sure. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. We've got to take this a little more seriously, church family. We've got to take it a little more seriously. Because we want to be with that group that's running this race that's set before them. And remember what it said about Jesus? He despised the shame. He endured the contradiction of sinners. Oh, friend. He resisted sin till he sweat blood. There's a lot for us out there in the way of example to be reaching for. To be reaching for. To be reaching for. You'd be surprised what you can do when you try. I, when it came to the end of football practice when I was a boy, and you had to run wind sprint, I suddenly became very lazy. Or I hurt my ankle coach. Hurt, hurt my ankle coach. I had all kinds of excuses. And I could act. Oh, yeah. I was a born actor about that. And, uh, but we had this one guy, you know, he was kind of tall and lanky, and, uh, and he had them big old strides. We'd run them 100-yard 
wind sprints. Yeah, I did say 100 yards, a whole length of the field. And, uh, you know, I'd just be, you know, I'd be going down, I'd be down in the turtle place. I'd just kind of be hanging with the crowd, you know, with the 250-pound linemen that couldn't hardly run fast at all, you know, hanging out with them. And, uh, but you know, what? I don't know what happened, but one day I gave myself a good swift kick. And I kind of got mad at that tall, lanky guy was bragging it around because he was getting first on the wind sprints all the time. So I decided to give him a run for his money. And, you know, I beat that guy once. <laughs> I, I decided after that, not so, well, now I know I can beat him, so, you know. I went back to the bum ankles, you know. <laughs> oh, brother, come on. We want to go all out. And that's why I beat that tall lane guy, because I decided to go all out. You know, you'd be surprised what's in you and what you can do if you'll just put your mind to it, if you'll just get your heart in it. Be surprised what you can do for Jesus. So let's go. Let's go all out for Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Let's stand together. Let's worship the Lord. I want to say thank you to all my participants up here. Appreciate their cooperation. Amen. If you would, let's take a moment while they're coming to get ready to sing. Lift our hearts with our hands, shall we? Oh, God, I give you praise. I need your help, Father. I need strength from heaven. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Please, God, help me. My help cometh from the Lord. I'm looking your way. I need your strength and victory, Lord, to run this race. Oh, yeah. I don't know.